Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs. I am Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Today, we're going to talk about the voodoo murderers, a a series of uh, very violent murders that took place in the early 20th century. And uh, many believe that was a result of a uh, voodoo cult, Brandy. I know you're familiar with um, cults and voodoo. Yeah, I am. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. But before we do, let me remind everyone that uh, we are a comedy podcast. Uh, we use adult language. If adult language offends you, uh, then Go you... fuck sh- yourself. That's what you can do. So Just get that. the fuck out of here. Hit the door. Now, Colonel, be like, I know... Be like that drunk uncle that nobody wants at the house. Just move on out. Hit, oh hit, hit the door, hit the street. Uh, or you could listen to one of the other fine independently produced podcasts out there, like our friend uh, Nina with Already Gone. Nina cusses a lot, Timmy. Yeah, but not on the podcast. Well, she is quite professional on the she, podcast. Oh, she had, edits it very well, I guess I should say. She does edit out her cuss words. Oh, my gosh. Uh, could you what, imagine if we had to edit out the devil's cuss words on this, Timmy? It would I we, I mean, what would we have left, really? I don't think we could get Rick Rubin in here to fix that, Timmy. <sighs> we have to call it Ellen Musk. <laughs> yeah, we have. To. You're going to call uh, it But Elon what we're talking Musk? about. When we start recording on Mars, Devil, things are going to be different. I will. I accept that. That's fine. I really want to go to Mars. I really want to go there. Yeah, you know, it's a no one-way way. trip. There's just... Yeah, there's no way back when you get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. There, people are signing up, though. Okay. Well, Timmy, I'm down. you should put your name on it. I'm I'm down, Brandy. I, you know, what, el- what else have you got going on? Well, we want to give a shout-out to uh, Nathan Hale from the Conspirators podcast. It's an excellent podcast. If you haven't listened to it, uh, I don't know really what you're doing with your life because it's one of the best podcasts out there. I don't and, know him. Uh, he has been, well, he goes by an alias, so. But he has been in, uh, has had some health problems. So we want to 
wish him a speedy recovery and hope that he gets well soon. That's a okay. very good podcast. I That's fine. That I oh don't my know it's... him. So, I mean, I really have to I really have to save my thoughts and prayers for people that I know cuz I only yeah, have Yeah, but so he's many. a really good guy. He's a really good guy. Well, I don't um, know. So but that's well, fine. You probably I, do. You just don't know you do. If, well, maybe. That, this, that's the story. Now, I'm almost certain life. you do. I'm almost certain you know him, but okay. you don't know him. So okay. then, based on your word, I will give my thoughts and prayers. Well, see, the thing is, Brandy, I'm not sure how much. Uh, Colonel, do you think it's her thoughts and prayers are. Does that really sway God, do you think, Colonel? Well, I don't know if it sways God. Now, I do know it gets God's attention because it's yeah, like that uh, what, It's like that cousin that never calls you, and all of a sudden... You, you win know, the lottery, and the there phone. they are. Yeah. Well, and you know they want something. I mean, they're drunks, they're, so they need money. They're about to get evicted. They want to move in with you or whatever. That's oh. pretty much, I would think, the devil's relationship with, with, with our Savior, Timmy. Or maybe it's just I don't just dole out my thoughts and prayers like, you know, friggin' Mardi Gras beads. So maybe well, it will be, when I give somebody my thoughts and prayers, maybe God pays attention because, oh, wait, Brandy doesn't ask for too much. What does she need? Doesn't ask for too much? I have de- have. Have never heard somebody complain about the world like you do, devil. Oh, motherfucker, please. Let me introduce please. our panel. But anyway, we like to wish uh, Nathan a speedy recovery. So let's uh, let's get into our introductions here because I am joined this morning by two of my favorite people in the world. Oh. A woman who is known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent. Colonel, I... I I know you have a hard time figuring out how she ended up with that moniker. Well, oh, maybe Chuck has well, a, I have more than a hard time, Timmy. Chuck I, has I, a hard time trying to figure out how no to work a zipper. Since, since at all. I mean, if you wanted to call her Brandy the Cruel, Brandy the Puppy Kicker, Brandy the, the puppy Brandy kicker. the Drunk, Brandy the Promiscuous, yeah. I could get on board with all those. Okay. But benevolent hmm. having a hard time with that one to me well it doesn't you know, I seem think... an apt description of our devil to me well she rules through terror um <laughs> colonel and perhaps the 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 her her followers are frightened of her and so they they call her the benevolent you know it's kind of <laughs> like when you call a tall person tiny or yeah yeah, it's like that. But anyway, like, well, really, uh, Team Brandy, Team Brandy is a cult to me. I think we've we've seen that. Yeah, they are the a cult, and you know, you can't just you can't figure them out. Like, what is it about her that attracts them? Right, but but a lot of people love her. Yeah, and but you know. You know, there 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 were people to me that were that were loyal to Stalin up to the very end. So, <laughs> and have you seen the the death of Stalin, the movie The Death of Stalin? I have not. Oh my God, it's hilarious! It's a what was the the guy Brandy, the guy that played in uh, Broadway uh, Boardwalk Boardwalk Empire. 
Yeah. Oh, you the guy with the big eyes and jacket. Yeah, Steve the guy. Buscemi? Yeah, yeah Steve Buscemi. He's in it. He's in it. And they're like, you know, Solon dies of a stroke or whatever, but they're like a uh, a day later, they're still scared of him. And they're like poking mm. the body, <laughs> poking his body to make sure he's still dead. Uh, whatever. But anyway, let I me introduce. I just watched Big Lebowski again the other night, Timmy. Oh, my God. You know, I've never seen that. Take it's a zero, a, Smokey. Take a zero. Yeah, it's very good. Parts of it are very, uh, very good. Although You're I do about like. About uh, a world of pain, Smokey. What's yeah. his name? I identify with John Goodman very much. Yeah, I like John Goodman. You know, uh, he is excellent. He was excellent on West Wing. He was excellent on West he Wing. He was good on that. He was excellent on a show called Damages, which is an amazing TV show. It's kind of older, but he was amazing on that. Wasn't he, in, uh, wasn't he also, didn't he play in King Ralph where he was like yeah. this? We're going to ignore that. He's a much better actor than that. I like him, though. So well, let me introduce the uh, uh, lady who's known throughout the land as Brandy the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you, Brandy, if at all? Well, Timmy, Noah's been off school for almost two weeks for spring break. Uh, spring break. Uh, are you spending this time uh, worshiping our Savior Jesus Christ? Well, we went to get we went to Gatlinburg for a couple of days and had a good time. But I feel that it's time for my child to go back to school, back to learning. I think that's what's best for everyone is if he goes well, back. I, well, how was your trip to Gatlinburg? Uh, it the was the Great Smoky Mountains. The Great Smoky Mountains. It was it was good. I went with um I don't well, and I don't know how many of you know this, but I have another brother named Jason, and Jason and I took Noah down there, and we went through the Titanic Museum and the Alcatraz Museum, and we did. We See, did I would not think. Stuff. I don't think when I think of Middle Tennessee, I don't think of Titanic. Is well, you, you Colonel, should. Is that, it just doesn't. You know, I, you I think Titanic still... more in the North Atlantic somewhere. Do they still have the Ripley's Believe It or Not slash aquarium down there? Yes, and we actually had tickets for that, but it was so crowded, like we couldn't. Well, we who, didn't go. But my tickets are good that. for a year. Um, uh, but no, like we went to the Alcatraz um, Museum. See now, Alcatraz. I, I picture that more like in the San Francisco Bay. Sure, That's, yeah, right. But it's not actually Alcatraz. It's the Alcatraz Museum. And so we went to that, and they had a um, they had a temporary exhibit there that was like I got to see Ted Bundy's uh, VW Beetle, and we got nice. to see Bonnie and Clyde's car full of bullet holes. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah, I saw that when I was a kid. Yeah, and then they had I don't remember there was another car there, but then they had O.J. Simpson's white Bronco. Oh, it wasn't really? O.J.'s. Oh. It was. Um, his friends, but but the Bronco was there, so that was. I mean, it was all very, very interesting. So, it was a good time. So it was like a criminal museum. Yeah, yeah. It was more like a history of crime, crime and punishment, museum. and yeah. So, um, so we did that, and I. It was very. Well, that does it sound was cool. Very interesting, huh? I said that does sound cool. Yeah, it really was. It was really. Bonnie was really and Clyde's car is is 
something to see. Yeah, well, that you know, Ted Bundy's beetle was something to see because you just kind of look at it and you're like, ugh, mm-hmm. like, yeah. We I'm did bad. an episode on Bonnie and Clyde. Remember? Wasn't that we did? That was not especially. Uh, it, 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 he did not have. See, you have the the Volkswagen Beetle, and it got Herbie Lovebug. Really, was partly to blame for Ted Bundy's escapades because he said he'd need help, and he'd be like, "Oh, he's got a Herbie Lovebug. How dangerous could he be?" Exactly. But didn't he, he also? Didn't he also pretend to be disabled? And yeah, yeah, he put his he, arm in a make cast. A fake Big cast and everything. Yeah, he put his arm in a cast and would act like he. I'm surprised we haven't. I'm surprised we haven't covered him on the podcast yet. Well, because he's just been covered and covered and covered and covered. So yeah, you're right. But anyway, but the whole thing was really interesting, and there were actually um, there were actually some things in there that um, there were some people in there that I'd really never heard of. Uh, which was something. And then there was some dipshit walking through there, and he's probably, you know, 15 or 16, and he's showing his friends. He's like, so look, this, you know, John Wayne Gacy, and he starts going through all these little stupid tidbits about John Wayne Gacy, and I'm sitting there thinking, dude, you're out of your league. Just move along. Read the plaque. Move along. Don't make me step in. Don't make me look at you and tell you you're an idiot in front of your friends. Just kind of So, So did... And so did uh, Noah enjoy the crime museum? Noah did enjoy the crime museum. Yeah, because they had a little, like, you could do a little treasure hunt. Mm -hmm. And so um, Uncle Jason, who bought the tickets, you know, we got the thing to do the little treasure hunt. And we got the audio tour and all kinds of stuff. So it was fun. It was fun. But now it's time to go back to school. Okay. So anyway... Everything's good. Jason wants to come on. Noah's going back to school, which makes everybody happy. And I am three days behind on emails. So it's all going according to plan. You know, when uh, when I retired, they disconnected me from uh, the emails at work. I can't look at them anymore. Well, you don't well, need that to. Sucks. Well, I you don't need to like to see what's going on. All right, let me, introduce, let me introduce uh, Brandy. Uh, you know, you talk about the, uh, these troubled times, and there's one man that people turn to in, in these troubled times. He's been called an oasis. It's Dr. Fauci. He's been called an oasis in the desert. I'm the of Dr. Despair. Fauci of love. He, you are he's been called not. The, the Dr. Fauci of podcasting. He's, he's never been, called, been that. called that. First of all, do not. Sully, the good name of Fauci. Do not. Uh, Fauci he's a best-selling he's a best-selling uh, author. Uh, his uh, his best-selling book, "How to Make Love to a Woman," will be coming out in Braille. Uh, the first oh, of April. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, perfect. We don't want we don't want our sightless friends to be uh, any less knowledgeable. So uh, no. he he's come no. out with his uh, Braille version of this, and I understand that when you get talking about the breast kernel, it kind of there's a it's it, it kind of uh, comes off the page, if you will. That's what I've heard. <laughs> it does, especially in the Gross. Braille version, Timmy. Especially in the didn't now. Do you know that that place we have uh, 
up here, I don't know if you know, on, on Hamilton Avenue, it's the Clovernook no. Home for the Blind. Yeah, and, and sure. one of the ways they supplemented their income was that they were one of the largest Braille printers in the world. They printed all kinds. And do you know what they printed up there, Timmy? Playboy. Playboy magazine, Timmy. Playboy magazine. Well, because I... the interviews are so good in there, Timmy. The interviews. Right. I've never read an interview in Playboy, but I'm sure it's excellent. Oh, no. Terry Bradshaw had a good one one time. Uh, oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to go make some Irish coffee continue as you were. Uh, oh, okay. So, you all the very honorable, me. the very honorable Charles Beauregard, Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? Well, I'm not good, Timmy. Not What's good. wrong? What's wrong, Colonel? What, Timmy, I know, you know what? I- you know, sometimes... When you say, when you unburden yourself, because Lord knows, Brandy, he has the weight of the world on him. And when he just tries once a week to unburden himself by telling us, uh, you know, some of his troubles, uh, Brandy kind of poo-poos that, Colonel. Well, she... She see she talks about mental health, but she really doesn't care about my problems, Timmy. Well, and, and Lord knows. So let me tell you what I got going on here today, Timmy. Let me tell you what I'm going to. All right, a memorial service, Timmy. A You're going to a service. memorial service for my my uh, late father-in-law, Timmy. Now, does he rate high enough to get a tattoo? No. Oh, no. okay. And he died a year ago, Timmy. So we're having a memorial service a year after his death. Uh, Oh, because of COVID? This is the same guy, Timmy. If you recall, before he died, we had a celebration of life party for him. So you had a celebration of life before he died. And now you're celebrating his death. And we had the funeral. And now we're having a memorial service a year later. Why? Do I have to dig this some bitch up and drive a stake through his heart and say he's done for good? Why? How long why, am I going to be? I don't. I I don't why? know why people do things. I have no idea. Is this it's a wake? Family. This is her family. It's not my family. I never knew they well, had. Your family's dead. I right, never right? knew they had. No. Uh, uh, Everyone they celebrate knows. your life while you were still alive. I thought that. Oh, was kind it's. Of, Timmy, it's a goddamn. It's the most bizarre thing you ever seen. You have a guy who's 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 you know wasted away with cancer, and now here's the other thing, Timmy, is he the some bitch lived for six months after the celebration of life party. Oh, that's just rude, Brandy. Well, that I wanted my rude. gift back. I thought, you know what? If you don't go within the two month window, you got to give the gifts back. Did you get your tester because, back? Well, I, I I got him a, uh, a a beer of the month, cheese of the month thing, you know, oh. because I didn't I didn't figure. Well, I guess he won't be needing that nearly. anymore. Well, it ran out. He, I had to pay for it a lot longer than I thought I was going to. <laughs> Took him six months to die for Christ's sake. So wait a minute. Uh, but, so you had wait a minute. So you had a celebration of life party while he was alive. Yep. Okay, and then he died. 
Yep. And then there was a wake and a funeral. Yep. Okay, and now, today, you are having another celebration a celebration of life. to death, I suppose. I don't Okay, We're closing so the loop. You know, we had the celebration just, of life. To that's a lot of celebrating for somebody who was a bit of a prick. Do yeah. we? Um, so, I have a, I have a lot of questions. Is he going to be there? Like, are is somebody putting his urn or? I don't know if we're doing a weekend at Bernie's thing where we're going to have yeah. him in a chair. I'm not really I'm not really sure about that, but. Huh. I do know there will be barbecue and cupcakes, so you know. That's oh well, yeah, duh. You there. gotta go. But I mean, I, but I'm just wondering, you know. I mean, he's just a normal. You know, people like me, they tend to have, you know, like Martin Luther King and presidents. You know, there will no. be a day, you know, a Colonel Day. Right. You know, not. we get off work because no, of Colonel absolutely Day. Absolutely not. And uh, no. Uh, I don't but, know why. I don't know why there's not one already. To be honest. Well, no, there should be, but you know, I don't, I don't really want to push that because it seems unseemly to me. It seems it's a little. Very, uh, it is very unseemly. Yeah, a little self-absorbed, and and you know, I'm not that to me. So no, no, uh, clearly, 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 com- so, comparing yourself to Martin Luther King does not. I mean, cl- well, that we both is had dreams. You're not I, he had a dream. I got had a dream. I don't know, you know, me and Martin had, me and Martin had Yeah, but your dreams are dead. Your dreams are dead. I've heard no. that, uh, I heard that there's already a, uh, they've already made a, a, a song that they're ready to release when, when you pass, Colonel. You know, uh, you remember like the Candle song. Candle in the Wind? This? Yeah. Now, <laughs> you remember the song in the 60s? Uh, yeah. Abraham, Bobby, Martin, Martin, and John. And, yeah. It's going to be and Abraham, Colonel. Martin, John, and the Colonel. And the colonel, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I remember Timmy. I was I was standing the top of mountaintop one time, Timmy. Mm-hmm. You weren't. And I looked across, and uh, well, it was Rudy because it was really just a hill, but um, right. But I know how Martin Luther King felt, Timmy. More of just an incline. And in, in that more, yeah, it was more of a steep incline. But in that moment, <laughs> I knew how Martin. What you Luther King felt. You stepped up on a curb, and there <laughs> yeah. you were. Because life was a struggle to me. Life I understand, Colonel. Well, oh, all yes. right. Well, let's let's get into this story since we're about two hours and forty five minutes into the podcast. You know, people I'm, I'm are uh, sometimes they've commented that uh, we have too much banner. I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand it myself. No, I don't understand it at all. I don't. You know, uh, but let's talk about the voodoo uh, voodoo murders because uh, you know this is Brandy. This is kind of Brandy's wheelhouse. He is, she yeah, is, it is. She's known for her uh, voodoo ways. My mm-hmm. my love of cults. Yeah, my groin's still aching, Timmy. <laughs> oh God, what? If you could take if you could take the pliers off my little kernel doll you have there, yeah. Uh, I would greatly appreciate that. I don't care. You get nothing. Show the doctor on the on, on the colonel doll where she hurt you. Well, that's where she hurt me. The pliers are still attached to it. The the vice grips are still on my on my. That's uh, Renee. Colonel manhood. That's, that's Renee. Renee did that. Mrs. Before colonel, done with your shit. Go ahead. Before 
before eventually being accepted as a religion in the United States, voodoo was synonymous with the barbaric practices of the deepest, darkest Africa and her descendants in the United States and the West Indies. So, uh, you know, speaking of uh, racism, whenever... Voodoo always reminds me of, Timmy. What? The uh, Gladys Knight song. He leaving on that midnight train. The Georgia leaving on the midnight train. Voodoo. I Why does it remind world. you of that? I don't think I don't voodoo know. is. I don't think that was part of the lyric. Oh, for I, I, I thought maybe sake. that's what they were saying when I was a kid. Voodoo. Oh, my God. Whenever uh, strange killings occurred in New Orleans or in the swamps of Florida... It was common practice to blame voodoo. This is especially true when the victims and perpetrators were uh, black. Between 1911 and 1912, voodoo was cited as the uh, root cause of a string of terrible axe murders in Louisiana and Texas. You remember the very first episode that we did together? The New Orleans uh, Axe yes. Murders, Timmy. The Axe uh, Murder. Th- yeah, there's some uh, some overlap here. Every some, uh, bitch, every some bitch in the world was getting killed by an axe, by their own axe, and they still was leaving their own wood axe out on the porch. Yeah. Like, yeah <clears throat> if you want to take a bite out of crime, hide your axe, because this, this murderer is showing up unarmed and he's using your axe. Yeah, and the thing is, I mean, there was so many axe murderers back in the day because, like you said, everyone had an axe. Everyone had an axe. Yeah. Someone uh, had axes to grind, Timmy. Yes, they did. (laughs) The unusual killer was a supposed voodoo priestess. Priestess? Yes. Named Clementine Barnabé. Clementine Bartome ultimately managed to escape into the bayou before meeting the hangman's noose. But before escaping uh, from reality into legend. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Right. Barnabé hinted at something as frightening as it was fantastic. We're going to tell you about this Clementine Bartome. West of Lafayette, Louisiana, is the city of Crawley. There, on uh, February the 11th, 1911, homicide investigators found the bodies of Walter J. Byers, his wife, and their young son. Judging from the evidence at the crime scene, the unknown assailant had entered the buyer's home from a rear, uh, rear window of a nearby house. What? Yeah, there was apparently these two houses. I don't know. I couldn't understand they- it when I when I was reading, researching it. But apparently these houses okay. very close together, and they believe they come from one house and crawled into the other but no, the other no. house was located in the black section of the city, or the collared quarter that was called at the time. 
and of course, that led investigators to immediately suspect that the killer was also African American. Uh, Wait a minute. So one house was located. Yeah, it was like kind of like the colored quarter. Yeah. yeah. But the and one the other, house right next to it wasn't. Yes. Love and, all of that. Okay. And the redlining, so, devil. Haven't you ever heard of redlining? <clears throat> uh, I, I, there's a lot going on here, but that's okay. All right. Well, are, well it's are like you my house, devil. Though, if you go that... two houses up the street, or just right to the top of the street, you're actually in Shiviet. And if you go yeah, up but... to the top of the other street, you're in Green Township. Okay, right, right, right. So, no, I get that. I live my, in this I like guess... triad of horror that. Yes, you do. But here's the thing. First of all, that's, I mean, that's the west side. But first of all, I have, if the houses are close enough that you can break into the rear window of a house and get to the buyer's house, I mean, they got to be pretty connected there. So what you're saying is that the house that he broke into was when in the white neighborhood, but then he crawled over to the other side of the house and that was the color well, quarter that is what the that is uh, squirrely as fuck yeah that's but what go the ahead invest investigators well you know how gerrymandering is devil i do know <laughs> we live in ohio of course i know how gerrymandering is uh the other house okay so the other house was in the black section or the color quarter bloodletting was not unusual in crawley especially in the poor side of town However, this crime was different. The sleeping buyer's family had been brained with an axe. That's actually that, in the, the um, that's how they described it in the local paper. They were brained with an axe. And that is different than bloodletting where you put leeches on you or whatever. Getting yeah. hit in the head with an axe is slightly different. Well, but besides being uh, cruel, the killer also appeared to be brazen. He or she hadn't bothered to hide the murder weapon as the blood-splattered axe was found dripping uh, gore on the floor inside the buyer's family home. Yeah, the, In the newspapers, the newspaper articles uh, cited that the bodies were, uh, body parts were strewn across the uh, Across the uh, bedroom of the buyers, so um, they must really whoever killed him really went to town and hacking him up. Less than that two is really going to town when body when you got body parts. I mean, it's one thing to have a head wound, but it's one well, thing yeah. another to have a head dislocation. Yeah, although the neck was, is primarily soft tissue, so it's not really hard to behead someone. Well, Perfect, less than thank two, you. Less than two weeks later, on the morning of February 24, 1911, Nina Martin's uh, usual morning morning routine was interrupted, Brandy. At, at approximately that. 7 a.m., uh, Nina and her Lafayette, Louisiana home became adjacent to a crime scene when her son, uh, her son, Les... Lesmi Felix burst into the kitchen and said that Nina's sister and brother-in-law had been murdered. Now, being a good uh, sister-in-law, 
sister and sister-in-law, Nina ran over to her sister's house and found that Alexandre Andrus and his wife Mimi, oh, that's a nice name, Mimi, mm-hmm. along with their young son, uh, what's that word, Brandy? No, I'm just going to wait for you to say it. I don't know, Jock. Because I'm enjoying it very much. I don't even right. know what page we're on here. Uh, uh, two? Two. <laughs> two. Page two. Uh, Joaquin. Yeah. Her young well, son, Joaquin. I, you know what? That might be it. Yeah. I'm, it's that might be how you say it. J-O-A-C-H-I-M. I'm going with Joaquin. Joaquin okay. and daughter Agnes were murdered. Now, see... I'm I'm I don't have any pictures of these and I'm sure this this was probably a child but Agnes's are not, generally not attractive women colonel would you agree as a rule no they're not Timmy as a rule no they're not <clears throat> you know when they're that started not. is when uh remember bewitched and they had that uh-huh. neighbor named Agnes okay and then, yeah. from then oh, on yeah. out all the Agnes's were ugly yeah yeah okay I'm sure all the people, all the women named Agnes appreciate your critique. I'm guessing we don't have a lot of listeners named Agnes. Well, I'm guessing. Not not anymore, no. Right. (laughs) Just like with the Byers case, the murder weapon was an axe, and it was found at the foot of the family's bed. Four days later, Brandy, this is all happened, if you notice, in a short time period. I don't know if you yes, noticed I, that. Yes, I noticed. Yep, got it. All right. Four days later, the uh, Lafayette Advertiser, which is the uh, newspaper there in Lafayette, Louisiana, no ran shit. a, sh- ran a uh, short article quoting Deputy Coroner Clark, who asserted that the deceased had been brained with an axe. So here I mean, we go again. Is that the clinical term? <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. know. That's Brain what, with an axe. That's what's in the papers. If you read the papers, and, Brandy, that's that's what they say. Well, and it was somebody uh, fighting him on that? Like, who's he's asserting anything to? Well, he's the deputy coroner. And, I mean, unless it was a the coroner. I mean, you can't get much higher than the deputy coroner, can you, uh, Colonel? Well, I believe the the coroner, yeah. You, you, you a deputy to him. It's like I if there were a deputy know. colonel. Which I think uh-huh. we need a deputy colonel because I need a you becoming a colonel. Timmy is not as easy as one would think. Well, but aren't and those aren't those lieutenant colonels? Maybe is I need it? a lieutenant colonel. Yeah, you have. Bone. I need a couple lieutenant colonels because I I, I have uh, I have fan mail, Timmy, that's stacked up. Just I thought you had an assistant. Now you absolutely well, do not. Well, my have assistant fan mail. quit, Timmy. My assistant quit. Because Why? of sexual harassment? <laughs> no, it was... Um, Did you oppose, expose yourself Come on, on Cuomo, what'd you do? Come on, Cuomo, <laughs> was, what'd you do? He exposed well, it turns out Zoom. that my... Yeah, that, um, yeah, no, I did not masturbate on Zoom, Timmy. <laughs> At least with the assistant. He didn't tube him. He didn't do a tube He's doing a Cuomo. So, my assistant... Turns out she was Team Brandy, Timmy. Oh. Undercover. She was an undercover team. Brandy sent a Team Brandy woman over here to uh, try to figure out. 
I'm going to try to get this Colonel Magic in a bottle. Yeah, but you know, Colonel, in the Army, they hang you for for doing, you know. Oh, I, doing it. well, yeah, that's what I, I, I actually just wrote my assistant a strongly worded email, which oh, is okay. almost as bad as a hanging. Did you give but, her, uh, did you put her on a performance improvement plan? No, I sent her on her way. I told her. And then by her the, services you know, the shame are no it, longer required. By this time, Timmy, she had converted, and she was a true believer in Team Colonel. Yeah, but it was too late. late. She had betrayed she me. Wasn't. Yeah, she All came right. in under false pretenses. So the deputy coroner is using the very technical term brained with an axe, yeah. which makes me so very comfortable with his credentials. Go ahead. Anyway, the article in the uh, Lafayette Advertiser uh, revealed other shocking facts, some of which were surely provided by Sheriff uh, Louis Lacosta. Namely, the newspaper noted that Andros' family had been killed while they were asleep sometime after midnight. Now, uh, Alexandre... That's what Eric Clapton meant. After midnight, we gonna let it all hang out. He meant no. brains, Timmy. He meant brains. Yeah. No. Uh, people love it when the colonel sings, Brandy. Mm-mm. Alexandre and Mimi had been moved after death, with the killer putting them in a kneeling position besides the, uh, their bed. They appeared to be praying which is the first clue that there was some uh, religious acts aspect to these um, killings. Now, Sheriff well, LaCosta... Why didn't they it, fall over? I don't, I don't know. Rigor mortis, devil. Don't you know anything about science? You might have propped him up with pillows Rigor mortis. or something. Know. You know, since our hearse ride, I've been investigating, and I can't tell. But if you was to uh, have that pratic disease where you take Viagra and you get a boner for 18 hours. If in fact, Timmy, you died in rigor mortis, rigor mortis set in, if you would still have the boner at your funeral. Nice. Yeah. Well, that think, would make yeah. that would make people uncomfortable. They drain the blood. Well, they would definitely have to keep the 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 one end, you know, shut. That, well, Unless, if you course, could shut it down by your feet, you know, well, right. In the colonel's yeah. case, you might not be able to get that thing all the way shut. Well, you know, I I feel like that's that is a risk I'm willing to take. I mean, if you slam real hard, maybe, but <laughs> that'd bring a corpse back to life. I would. Yeah, think. but you know what? You just cut it off. That's I mean, you're dead. You just cut it off. That's what they did, yeah, and you, you know, ever since ever since they started with this whole pen- penis. Transplant thing. Mm-mm. You got yeah, black mine, market black market peen? No, oh, I got mine under guard all the time. Oh, okay. I, I've got a GPS on mine so that if it should get lost. You know, like I got find a your iPhone. On mine, Timmy. You know, like find your iPhone. This is I can yeah, find my penis. penis. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I got Lloyd's of London has insured my penis, Timmy. Well, no, 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 no. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Sheriff LaCosta and his men suspected that the murderer of the family was also the killer of the Byers family, I guess because... Crack detective work. (laughs) 
Yeah, crack a days with, detective. A couple work. days before, I guess maybe. Yeah. Better yet, um, Sheriff Lacosta named their primary suspect a recently escaped lunatic named uh-huh. Garcon Godfrey. Garcon. Not Gilbert Godfrey, although that would be cool. Yeah. Well, he Garcon. Garcon. Yeah. Gosson doesn't seem like a lunatic name to me. Did they just like, you know? Oh, this guy escaped. It has to be him. I, I think they detective yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, if you're if you're an escaped lunatic, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get catch a catch a case if there's some crazy uh, axe murder murders. Loose. Yeah, Gosson. Yeah. There's some antics about. They're going to blame the escaped lunatic. Now, Colonel, this is down in your neck of the woods, down in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of lunatics down there, escaped and otherwise to me. Because <laughs> it's, it's very hot. It is All hot. the time. That's why and I think people muggy. kill each other. It's a bit it's, muggy. You know, when, I've when never you get been too hot, to uh, New Orleans. You've you you never been what? to New Orleans? Mm, no. I, I you know, either. now, I'll be serious. I thought you here. were down. I thought you <clears throat> went down there a couple years ago, Brandy. No, I didn't. I didn't end up going. Uh, okay. New Orleans is the goddamn most oppressive place you ever been in your whole life. Because I the mean, weather? it really. Not the weather. No, there. There is a, and and I don't want to offend our listeners down there, but there's a there's a feeling of uneasiness that you get the whole entire time you're in New Orleans. And, and I've been you? there. I've been there maybe three times, and it's it's like a, uh, you know how people talk about being impasse and you know being able to absorb what's around yes. them. Yeah. Now I clearly you know the colonel has empathic skills. Sure. Uh, no. But it it really felt uh, the best I can describe it is you felt that there was just uh, a darkness around you all the time in New Orleans. That's how I felt, I, and, and now, I really don't. Did you go pick there up on during such things, uh, but, uh, Katrina? Yeah, because <laughs> that might have. Been. Yeah, well, it was, was right after. Katrina? It was it was the week after Katrina, so uh, maybe okay. yeah, I picked the wrong time. But uh, maybe, but no, I I really did not like it. I I did not like New Orleans. I, I thought so it was. Uh, it might. Be I called it too. Detroit with funny accents to me. <laughs> wow, it's yeah. Okay, so but, now we've offended people in two major U.S. cities. Well, no, it's because, you know, so much of the city is now in New Orleans, you know, you didn't have the the escape of, you know, manufacturing and all that. But everything seems decaying in New Orleans. To me, it's old and it seems decaying. And I just, I, I just didn't like And plus, you know, in New Orleans, it's, you go down to French Quarter, but, you know, we we had to go down there when I was in college and it would tell you. You know, you get in the French Quarter and walk down the wrong street, you're liable to end up with pieces of you chopped off. Yeah, so, well, that's what happened. By an axe. Because <laughs> they had those voodoo the people. Family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I don't mean to badmouth New Orleans. I just did not like it. It was hot, muggy, and it bad felt like the presence saying. of ghosts was around you all the time, Timmy. Yeah, well, it, it probably isn't was. Worse. And don't they don't they bury people above ground down there? Yes, they do because the water yes. table is not. Yeah, is, uh, so sea level is below sea level, right? Yeah. All right. So the next and they killing, stack them six 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 
at a time. I mean, people are stacked on top of each other. Huh. You know, devil, There's a, if we lived in New Orleans, there would be a chance that they would bury me right on top of you, devil. There's never that chance. Yeah. <laughs> never. That would be your eternal punishment, devil. Well, of course, mine. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Nope. That would be karmic justice for the universe. It would not. But The, uh, the next killing occurred uh, just outside of New Orleans. On March 22, 1911, Louis Cassaway, his wife, and their three children... Do you like how I, I named these victims and I never named the wife? It's just his wife and three children. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because back so, in those days, they were they were basically uh, people thought of them as chattel, Timmy. Yeah. You know they couldn't vote, so you didn't need. They didn't have to have identification, so they didn't need names. You could just say wife. Oh my God. Um, Follow so, the logic on that. The the Cassaway family suffered the same awful fate as the Andres and Byers family. They were mercilessly bludgeoned to death with an axe. Brained, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, <laughs> you think they were brained? Well, this is this is outside Louisiana, so maybe they have a different term oh, for okay. it. A different uh, technical term. As similar with as with the murder of the Cassaway family, uh, seemed to. Uh, the previous crimes, there are some major differences that caught investigators by surprise. And Brandy is going to tell you about some of those differences. Now, don't you well, think, do you think there were people down there, Timmy, at this point, you know, as as the devil so eloquently put it in the beginning of our show, that we need to do something? Do you think people were rising up for axe control down there, Timmy? Uh, maybe. I mean, There's a whole axe control prevalent. movement. They wanted yeah. to dull the edges or make them heavier. Or, 
You know, the, the the one thing that doesn't mix. I mean, there's a couple of things in this world. That I mean, because cry. technically oh the uh, the uh, Constitution doesn't say uh, – it says you have the right – Second Amendment says you have the right to bear arms, right? It doesn't say right. firearms. No. Yeah, I mean, can't you just wear a T-shirt? Well, you know, he, it, I always find this a bit ironic. Bear to arms, me, but come on. In in Ohio, I, you know, I have a concealed carry, as many people do. From Virginia. And, uh, yeah. From Virginia, yeah. It's a bootleg one, but it works in Ohio. But anyway, but I'm prohibited from carrying a knife, a folding knife over four inches, and brass knuckles, Timmy. Well. But you yeah, can carry a gun. Now, doesn't the right to bear arms mean that well, you know, I'm the colonel. I just need brass knuckles. I can take care of a gang say, of eight. That's my weapon of choice. Knuckles. Yeah. Brass knuckles? Yeah. But you can't have them. They're illegal, Timmy. Wow. They're illegal to even possess. I can't even have them in my house. I hide yeah. them in my purse. I have a special purse. Okay. But I, but I can have a I can have a shot. I can walk around like uh Yosemite Sam with a shotgun, but I can't mm -hmm. have brass knuckles. That's the law amazing. makes no sense. It confuses me, Timmy. <laughs> uh, it's a confusing world to the colonel sometimes. It's not oh easy God. being okay. It's not easy being you. It's not easy so, being me, Timmy. First of all, the Castaway family lived in San Antonio, Texas, and not Louisiana. Right. So second, while of all of the previous well, while all the previous victims had been black, one of the victims in this case, Mrs. Castaway was white. This fact initially convinced detectives that a hatred of mixed-race couples was at the root of this awful crime. What the hell? All of them were black except for this one white lady, and now it's just, well, he must have a thing against mixed-race couples. What? You know, what? it didn't have to be hard to be a mixed-race couple back in those days. Oh, yeah. Well, for sure, but how do you come to that conclusion when you just have this one white lady, give me a I break. I don't know why you are it's questioning. Crack detective work. You are questioning Sheriff Lacosta because oh, I am, and I'm going on. to continue because he is—he clearly is a fucking hot mess. So after the murder of the Cassaways, Sheriff Lacosta had a new suspect in the form of Raymond Barnabet. Barnabay, sorry, Barnabay Barnabay was Collins? a petty. No. Barnabé was a petty criminal and sharecropper who lived in Lafayette, so obviously it's him. Because when you're a petty criminal and a sharecropper, oh, and don't you dive he's, you dive he's right black. into axe murder. He's black. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a trifecta. So, yeah, Raymond had a long rap sheet and was known to have a violent temper. The case against Raymond broke wide open when his mistress, oh, bitches be testifying. Approached Bitch. police and told them. This is me testifying. Yeah, that Raymond had confessed to committing murders during one of their frequent quarrels. Who just shouts something like that out when you're fighting with somebody? Like you're fighting with someone, you don't want to give them secrets. Dumbass. Well, they probably uh, probably shared it with them when they were making love. Sometimes, well, this says quarrels. Well, sometimes you know, I, you know, I hate that. Some people are talking, Timmy. Some people are talkers. And you never know what's going to come out of somebody's mouth when they are. Especially if you're doing it right, Timmy. And it throws a passion. I don't care how mad I ever get. 
if Dave and I are fighting, I'm not just going to bust out with, and I killed someone with an axe. <laughs> and then just, you know, because why would, what, are you kidding me? Why would I well, do that? See, because you've never been in the whole throes of, I mean, you get in there and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tear you up. Like I tear up those people with the axe before last week. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just see, that, That's how that happens. And then, you know, All the right. person is sitting there thinking like, what the fuck is he? What? Did he just say yeah. he was going to? He's gonna split me with axe or something. I don't he know. Was brain. Yeah, because you know women will be m- women will be taking mental notes when you confess to shit. <laughs> and then the bitches be Especially testifying, Timmy. And then bitches yeah. be testifying. In the autumn of 1911, Raymond Barnabé stood trial in Louisiana for the murders of three whole families. Zephyrin and Clementine Barnabé, Raymond's own children, testified against their father. While on the witness stand, fucking rat bastard kids, while on the witness stand, Clementine told a graphic story about how her father came home one night covered in blood. Clementine's brother, Zephyrin, seconded this story and went one step further by claiming that Raymond had announced one night, oh my God, that he had killed the whole damn... Andrus family. Well, let's see. What I mean, kids, the actual kids, fuck? Kid, kids be testifying. You better be careful what you say around Noah. Oh, yeah. He can put me away forever. Noah but, be you know, the point is this motherfucker, like, first of all, let's pretend that this is all bullshit for just a second. Like, he's just telling every swinging dick he runs into, yeah, I murdered <laughs> these three families. Yeah, I, hit, I murdered them. I did it. I'll do it to you. And I murdered them. And you. And, Fucking hell, who does that? But people do, and they're dumb, so I'm going to keep reading. Then, as now it was a highly... Wait a minute. Then, as now, it was highly unusual for children to testify against their parents. However, Clementine and Zephyrin justified their actions by claiming that they were terrified of their father. Well, I it guess was so, for, if he, uh, yeah. he was an axe murderer. Sure. Well, it was better for everyone if Raymond... A lifelong criminal was just behind bars. So in October of 1911, a Louisiana jury convicted him of murder. This conviction would not last to the end of October, but Raymond would remain confined until November of 1911. He was let go because another murder proved his innocence. Oh! And on October 27, 1911, Raymond Barnabé was granted a new trial. The reason for this decision was threefold. <laughs> oh, I love, I love Raymond. Raymond had been drunk throughout the earlier trial, <laughs> thus calling his testimony into question. Sure. Uh, the jury had failed to follow. Now, the that's a legal strategy you have, you have tried on occasion, isn't it, Devil? Just show up trashed. I try it on every and, occasion. Yeah. I try it on every occasion. Anytime I'm on trial. Um, the jury had failed to follow the judge's instructions during deliberation, and the prosecution had never bothered to offer a motive for the murders. So while Raymond languished in the Lafayette Parish Jail, police in Lafayette stumbled upon a new, upon a new crime scene. Just tripped right over it. On November 27, 1911, the bodies of Norbert Randall, his wife Azima, and the four children were found I, murdered inside their cabin. 
I was able to what? find his wife's name on this one. Yes. It's nice. Um, they were found murdered inside their cabin located on Lafayette Street. Like the others, eight-year-old Albert Sissy. What? Albert. I don't. That, that's just what it is. Uh, Albert, six-year-old Renee, five-year-old Norbert Jr., and two-year-old Agnes, another Agnes, have been beaten to death with the with the blunt side of an axe. Norbert, with the blunt had side. Head. That just the seems cruel. Side. Norbert had been shot in the head before he too was brained with an axe. As See, I'm, per I'm usual, seeing that. I'm seeing this pattern here of the being brained with an axe. Mm-hmm. Well, it's crazy. Uh, as per usual, the murder weapon was found at the crime scene, although police discovered that this axe had been partially washed. Yeah. Well. The, hor- the horrific slaying of the Randall family sent the citizens of Lafayette into a panic. Rumors circulated that the Ram- Randall children had been mutilated by their killer. Because of this, well over 150 people met at the Good Hope Baptist Church in Lafayette. The meeting reminded citizens to sleep with weapons nearby. Which is probably it part also, of the problem. <laughs> who, right. who, does, who doesn't really sleep with weapons nearby? I, you know, you can make anything into a weapon if you do it right. Um, it also demanded action from the police. So, dipshit Magoo up there who's, you know... You know what I can never understand, Timmy? <clears throat> I mean, uh, Sheriff LaCosta, don't... don't, uh, don't. This search is good name. Oh, I'm this searching is, it because he just can't help but point to random people. It's like people <laughs> pass him on the street, and he's like, "Oh, it's that guy. It's that guy right there." I, I think ahead. this is a cautionary tale to me of uh, <clears throat> people what sleeping to the naked. A lunatic. Do what? You should never sleep naked because when okay. an axe murder comes to your house, Timmy, how are you gonna wrestle with an axe murderer naked? Well. I They're, suppose you do it the same way you would with shorts on. It's a bit no. Awkward. If you got shorts on, it holds you. It changes the whole dynamic. Well, because the then you're not stumbling that, over your penis. You know what that's like to me. You yeah. try to go I mean, you get to say, the, and then you so face down on the floor because you tripped be over your penis. Naked, wait mm-hmm. a minute. So if you're sleeping naked and somebody breaks in, do you say, "Hang on, let me get some shorts on. I'll be right with you." Well, well that's why he's saying they've already don't taken sleep. axe to your penis. Well, yeah, whatever. he's saying don't right. sleep naked. Uh, you know that's how the Romans used to fight; they fought naked. Well, good for them. Yeah, they, good. that they seems could, a did little. Did they sword uh, fight? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> all right. So they so all these people go to the Good Hope Baptist Church. And, you know, they tell them to sleep with weapons nearby. And they're telling the police, you know, get your shit together. Um, But the the good, God-fearing people of Lafayette thought that the police should look at other members of the the Barnabay family. Do you think when they were naming that church, anybody threw in the hopeless Baptist church? No, they don't tend to do (laughs) that. Instead of the good hope. I mean, it's... they always have these very cheerful names for churches. Here's the other and thing. This is they, they don't say the hopeless church. It's kind of like toilet paper. I mean, you get Charmin and yeah. Angel Soft. You never you never get uh-huh. Scrape or Rocky toilet <laughs> yeah. paper. Screech, Screech yeah. toilet paper. paper. Yeah. All right. So, police 
go back to the Barnabay family home in search of new evidence. Pulp, pulp toilet paper. I don't know why they did this because the guy's already in a pokey. Well, first of all, did they? I mean, did they pokey? do it in the first place? <laughs> I mean, did Jimmy. they do? I mean, did they search it in the first place, or did they just go to pick this guy up and they? No, I mean, oh, uh, the, the we, we got him dead to rights. The people at the church was encouraging the police to go and get some more evidence on this guy who's been in who's been in jail when this other murder takes place. I mean, well, it, it makes no, no sense. No, but they're they black the and they're poor. should look at other members. I know. So I got it. Look at, it. It may not be him. Right. But let's – what about his second cousin? Why don't you go find that guy? He's what happened guy. to the escaped lunatic? What yeah, well, name? they just – they dropped him. I don't. Oh, Garcon. Oh yeah, Garcon. They dropped him. Garcon. Yeah. They dropped him. He evidently was too crazy to commit this stuff or whatever. I don't know. So anyway, so the police go fine, fine, and so they go back to the Barnabay family home, and they find several sets of bloody clothes that belong to seventeen-year-old Clementine. Clementine. Oh what? So the specific objects of horror include a suit of women's clothing covered in blood and brain matter. <laughs> That's incriminating. <clears throat> There's a little yeah. bit. And blood was also found on the door leading to Clementine's room. Well, how about that? Hmm. Although, and I feel like she should have cleaned that up by then. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah what on. are you doing? Month and a half later. I, well, yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard to clean up brain matter. No, it's not. Throw it away. Throw the clothes away. Why are you hanging on to clothes covered in blood and brain matter? Throw them the fuck away. Set them on fire. It's 1911. The forensics aren't there yet. You know, anything. And there's blood found on the door. You didn't look at that and go, you know, I should put some Clorox on that maybe and get that right out. <laughs> so that it doesn't look, you know, what the fuck? Did they have Evidently Clorox in uh, 1911? Whatever. Colonel, check that out. Uh, write that down. Write that down. Use. See when Clorox was uh, invented. Well, and down. of course, few believed that then that when it, few believed then that a seventeen-year-old woman could carry out such gruesome crimes. So Clementine was arrested and sent to the same Lafayette Parish Jail as her father Raymond. Oh, the family that so, stays together stays together. Duh. That's I've got that stitched on a pillow. While both Raymond and Clementine languished in jail, a killer used a a killer used a blood hungry axe. Mm, that's Do you like how be blood hungry? That, you, <laughs> that is ahead, some Colonel. writing now. Blood hungry axe, Timmy. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Colonel. They be, can axes be pancake hungry? I mean, I was trying to paint hungry? a picture. Well, but you gave, you know, you gave the axe a very human quality. Well. So anyway, so the axe evidently wanted to snuff out another family. And in January of 1912, the Broussard family of Lake Charles, Louisiana, fit the bill. Uh, Father Felix, his wife, and their three children were ambushed by a mad killer. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, well, what if it's just the axe all along? I'm going huh? back Did to the lunatic guy. What happened to it's blood hungry? Garcon. Garcon. 
Maybe you know he, he got moved. all kind of pussy, Colonel, when he when he when he used his name. Uh, you know, women just uh, they think you got a French sounding name. They just take yeah. I am Garçon. I am Garçon. Really nice <clears throat> to meet you. So you know, on his this Tinder app, scene. you know, Garçon, he's probably picking up babes left and right. Just saying. Oh my God! He doesn't so have to be attractive scene. with that name. You don't even have to be attractive. No, you don't. You don't. It, it's it's like uh, it's like that little skunk, Peppy. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le... Yeah, but did you know that they're uh, they're they're banning Pepe Le Pew? I know they are. Yeah, it's stupid. Well, Pe- Pe- Pepe um, was a little enthusiastic. I mean, no, here's the thing. I get Pepe Le Pew is rapey. I really do. What I don't get, and it was the same with Mr. Potato Head and whatever else, is, and these Dr. Seuss books, who gives a shit? Just do whatever you're going to do and don't say anything. And then there's not the controversy because people don't pay fucking attention. So if you want to take the Mr. or Mrs. off the potato head box, who gives a fuck? Just do it. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit well, until you make a big deal about it and sit there and say, well, do have, you know, inclusivity and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I mean, just, I get it. I do. I get what they're doing. I support it. But, you know, we don't need to make it into a whole thing. You don't want to put Rapey Pepe Le Pew in any future Space Jam movie. Who gives a shit? Was Peppy slated to be in the Space Jam movie? I don't uh, know. Somebody should contact his agent. But, you know, Peppy does not get yet less rapey if you go back and watch the old Warner Brothers cartoons. But he wasn't the main character in the fucking first Space Jam movie. So just fucking make, you know, say he's roadkill at this point if you choose to address it and move the fuck forward. Say he got stabbed by a woman that he wouldn't get out of her face and she kept trying to kiss her. I don't give a shit, but nobody cares that Pepe Le Pew is not going to be in there. It doesn't fucking matter. Well, Pepe Le Pew I, has I, been I rapey like since 1974. Is that when he showed up on the scene? I don't know, but that's when he I was born. He showed up in 1974? I have no idea if that's the year I was born, and that's the year that I remember, you know, that's all I got. But he has been rapey for that long. The fact that we're addressing it right this second is just, it's an eye roll. It's just, just do it and well, move on. I'm, I'm going to miss his accent. He was a cute little guy. Well, you uh, know, you can call You know, what I never understood listeners. about this whole thing is how did every episode, the cat, get accidentally painted with a white stripe? I don't know. Every the episode. The same way the coyote... The same way the coyote always managed to run off a cliff in every episode. I yeah, mean, well, I just, think it's I think it's time to cancel Wiley Coyote myself. Well, but he's done wonders for the Acme Company. All right, so but how many children you think were injured? Wow. How many people you think? How many children you think suffered uh, serious all, injuries part, trying to a lift a piano generation? over that doorway? Well, or, first of all, or a painting a uh, tunnel and a painting, tunnel. yeah, a, a tunnel. tunnel. Yeah, that so, worked sometimes and it worked the other times. Let me tell you something. Being a Gen Xer that watched this, we absolutely tried to jump off our roof, or you know, paint shit on the side of the house and have our brother run through it. I mean, there were all kinds of things, but you know what? We didn't whine about it. We got the fuck back up, had our arms set by the doctor, got the cast on, and moved the fuck forward. You got to go so, to a doctor? You know, Gen X is fine. I didn't get fine. to go to no doctor. 
Only if it was broken. If it was just a sprain, I mean, once it starts coming through the skin, you kind of need to go see somebody professional. Otherwise, you just tape that shit together and move the fuck on. Put a Band-Aid on it. Well, or, you know, Timmy. You know, my, mother's, my mother's favorite thing, you know, can you walk on it? Then you're fine. My okay. uh, Once, Timmy, uh, I, I had the two boys, Logan and Taylor, out. They were out on the sidewalk, and they was going to have a race, Timmy. Mm-hmm. And Logan had his razor scooter, and uh, Taylor had a skateboard. They were racing down to the end of the street and back up to the telephone pole. So I see Logan flying up the street, back up the street, with his razor scooter and Taylor's helmet, skateboard helmet, in his hand. And I said, well, where is Taylor? And Logan said, well, he wrecked down there. So <laughs> hold on, I got to I got to touch the pole first and then I'll tell you about it. And then he's like, yeah, he he kind of he he tried to bump me on my razor scooter and he fell down and, you know, rolled down the hill and I said, "Okay." So Taylor he came back to die. Yeah, he did leave him to die because he had to touch a telephone pole to win the race. Now, my 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 Taylor comes back and he's telling me his wrist hurts, you know, and I'm I'm like, "Okay, you know, whatever." We'll put some ice on it. You'll be fine. Well, now, remember, Taylor is my best. You know, I'm coaching his baseball team, and he's my best player, Timmy. Mm-hmm. So, But he's my catcher, too. And and he's telling me how much it hurts to catch a ball. And I was You're like, well, of course it mom. does. That's what you are. I was like, You're you know. You're a fucking it, cheer mom. It hurts because you're, you sprained your wrist. You know, we'll just wrap it up, and you'll do whatever, and, you know, keep going on. That'll be fine. So he, right. he played three games for me, Timmy, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he he did all right. He complained a lot about his wrist, and I told him, you know, you know, I one time played a game with my pinky finger dangling off, so, you know, you, you'll be fine. Oh so uh, we took him to a wellness check at the doctor, Timmy, mm-hmm. and upon that wellness check, they asked him if everything was okay, and he said his wrist had been bothering him, and they x-rayed him, and he did, in fact, have a broken wrist. So it uh yeah. made his mother feel very bad. I didn't feel it made me feel bad because I lost my best hitter and my catcher. Right. But and she cheer, wouldn't let me mom. uh continue to use him. But yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know I raised I my kids to J- be survivors. I did that with Jacob. He stubbed he stubbed his toe on something and I'm like, just put some ice on it, you're fine. He kept saying, But it really hurts. I'm like just put some ice on it. Jesus, quit whining. Well, he finally bitched so much, I took him to the doctor, and they x-rayed it. And, of course, he had broken not just his toe, but he had broken it, like, like up at the root of the toe. Yeah, so I'm like, fuck. Not much so, yeah, you can do was... about a broken toe, are they? No, but, you know, you have to wear a boot so that right. you don't bend it all the time. I mean, that kind of shit. So, I mean, it was – but, yes, I felt really bad because, I mean – we went, this one, I mean, I waited like a week. Because I'm like, I'm not taking yeah, you to the doctor. Yeah, Taylor's was like three you weeks. Your toe. Yeah. yeah. And, he, uh, and so then I wasn't allowed to use him. To be wonderful parents. Well, here, well, here's the thing, Timmy. His, his, he, he was, the poor little kid would come to the game in his uniform and everything else with this cast on his wrist. And I was forbidden by his mother from using him. But he was my best player. Mm-hmm. So, Timmy, I get down in these, you know, these games are the six innings, and I get down to the bottom of the sixth, and I got a runner on third, right? And uh, I'm thinking, hmm, 
Now, I've already sworn to his mother that I would not put him in a game because he broke it on a growth plate. He wasn't even allowed to pick up a glass of milk. But I had a runner on third, and I had a I had an idea, and I thought, Taylor, come here, son. Taylor you knew how to do on third. What else are you going to do? He knew how to do a delayed steal. So I said, Taylor, what what's going to you know? I want you to just you know do your delayed steal. When that catcher throws the ball back to the pitcher, you just break for home. Because all I needed was somebody to score, and the game was over. But I mm-hmm. did give him specific instructions that if they catch on to this. Don't slide. Just let him tag you. Right. You know, go ahead. And he, uh, it was successful, and he won the game in quite dramatic fashion, Timmy. And he didn't get his uniform dirty, and I swore him to secrecy. And everything was fine, right? Well, what I did not think is that, uh, you know, Logan had games too, and some of the kids on Taylor's team have brothers on Logan's team. And when she went to Logan's game, the moms all told him about how, you know, Taylor's heroics in the last inning of my game. And I I got in, got in quite a bit of trouble for that, Timmy. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> all right. So this crime scene. I mean, in all fairness, Brandy, he does have two other sons. I know. So he's got. Well, that's yeah, what I used to backups. tell the twins all the time. I would always tell Taylor, you know, I have one just like, actually, not just like you. I have one better than you. I mean, you are basically, you know, the defective version of the twins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're throwaway. Something happens so, to you. I, I just got to protect Tanner better. This crime scene was the most shocking of all. It not only suggested that Louisiana was the home of a crazed serial killer. Murderer, sorry, but also a serial murderer who happened to know a thing or two about the occult. Oh, the murdered Broussard. Yeah, the murdered Broussard children had had their blood drained into buckets left at the head of their beds. Oh, a message. A message. See, I'm, I'm channeling. I'm trying to. I'm trying to uh, make this more professional. So I'm trying to channel, uh, no, uh, uh, the guy from Dateline, Keith Morrison. Oh, first of all, you cannot, his name should not even, don't even put his name on your lips at all. Keith Morrison, get the fuck out of here. Bailey likes Keith Morrison. Oh, I do like Keith Morrison. All right. So, so there was a message written in blood, uh, on one of the home's walls and it read, when he maketh the inquisition for blood, he forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Hmm. For well, decades, this inscription that's a psalm. Been cited. That's psalm nine twelve, right there. Good. Since it's written there, I don't have to worry about you just making shit up because it's right. <laughs> no, there. it's psalm nine twelve. I, I, I well, I, I know, know my good right book, there. devil. I know my he knows good book. This chapter and verse. You don't know shit from apple butter. Uh, for decades, this inscription had been cited as coming from Psalms 912 of the well, King James Bible. Well, there you go, Bible. devil. See? Yeah, I know. Well, shocking. However, the King James Bible actually reads, When he maketh the inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. But, I mean, really, isn't it essentially saying the same thing? Yeah. I don't think it is, but whatever. Uh, the biblical quote left behind at the Broussard crime scene was actually taken from the novel, 
Uncle Tom's Cabin, which had originally misquoted the verse. Okay, Other so facts this person's read what? Uncle Tom's Cabin, but maybe not necessarily yes. the Bible, is what you're saying. That's, uh, that is what I just said, yes. Just want to be clear. Other facts of the... I of now the see crime the scene. big ones. The big ones. Uh, the next one, really, that uh, the colonel has to just shout out all the time in my times of uh, in my times of trial and tribulation. Because as I, as you know, it's not easy being the colonel. But Psalm nine thirteen. It's Lord, not easy being the rest of us. Lord, see how my enemies persecute me. Have mercy and lift me up from the gates of death. Or if you go with the New Living Translation, Lord, have mercy on me. See how my enemies torment me. Snatch me back from the jaws of death. Well, that's... uh, Are you done there, Billy Graham? Can we move forward? Well, in this one, uh, Psalm 25, 19, it reminds me, this one always brings brings you to mind... Consider my enemies, O Lord, for there are many, and they hate me with vicious hatred. How's that? Oh, Oral Ro- Oral Roberts found found the Bible app. So good for you. Settle <laughs> no. down. No, I'm just saying. The biblical... you know, something to think about. <laughs> Other facts of the Broussard crime scene were soon sensationalized by the regional media. The El Paso Herald, surprisingly, of El Paso, Texas, called the murders a sacrifice and noted that the youngest victims had been found with their fingers splayed and secured with pieces of paper and pens. Mm. What? It's, hard, it's okay. hard to write when you're, you got your, you've been brained with an axe. Yeah. Yes. It does uh, affect the words, your handwriting. The words human five were found scribbled at the crime scene as well. The newspaper wasted little time in blaming voodoo worshippers for the murders. Sure sounds like it to me. Well, despite being behind bars at the time of the Broussard murders, Clementine Barnabé confessed to having a hand in the killings. Clementine, whose demeanor and behavior was deemed odd by investigators and newspapermen alike, also claimed that she was responsible for more murders than the public knew about. Charles, would you like to yes, bring ma'am. us home? Uh, yeah, let me, let, me, let me get in here and wrap this one up for us, Timmy. <clears throat> Do you know where <clears throat> we are? We are at page six. Now, Clementine okay. ultimately confessed to her involvement in the murder of some 35 people between 1911 and 1912. She was a busy little Clementine. Seventeen of these victims were reportedly murdered by Clementine herself. Mm. After her confession, Clementine Mm. was examined by several doctors, most of whom deduced that she was perfectly sane. Mm. Now, due to the severity of these crimes, Clementine was sent to the infamous Angola State Penitentiary near the Louisiana State Capitol of Baton Rouge. Oh, that's that penitentiary that's always on um, locked, locked up. Yeah. Oh, John Grisham. Yeah. yeah. It's always in the John Grisham book, too. Now, on July 31, 1913, Clementine tried to escape from prison, but was captured by officers the same day. Now, for whatever reason, this escape attempt was forgotten. And in 1918, 
Clementine was given the job of a cane cutter, which he seemed exceptionally experienced. I was going to say, I don't know that you really, you know, give an axe murderer the job of cane cutter, because I have to assume they need to, at the very least, carry a scythe. Yeah, I would think a scythe or maybe a machete or whatever. Now, Clementine was allowed to work outside with minimal observation. Now, five years later on Saturday, August 28, 1923, Clementine was allowed to leave Angola due to years of good behavior. Wow. Jeez. Five years. She she did she she did well. She Turn did fifteen page. or ten years. What well, let's see. Yeah. Oh, when was she? When like was she put there? People. Thirty-five so, murders. Well, nineteen thirteen. Yeah. yeah she 19, made her bed. She made her bed and. Uh, yeah, she did about five years. years. Her cell. No, yeah. she did ten years. Well, yeah, ten no, years. She did ten. Maybe yeah, around then. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Now the story so, of Clementine sure Barnabay. Remained a mystery until a few years ago. In 2013, a woman came forward and claimed she had visited a 103-year-old great-grandmother in 1985. And during that visit, the pair were joined by another woman who told them all a story about a forgotten string of voodoo murders. The same year after the mysterious... The same year after the mysterious storyteller died. Ooh... Attendees at the funeral noticed that a youthful picture of the woman matched newspaper photographs of the serial killer Clementine Barnabay. I have a question. She was at that church. I don't know if it, I thought I put it in the script, but maybe I didn't. But the church that she belonged to was the Church of the Sacrifice. So. Hmm. Okay. But I mean, I have a question. So, I mean, is that the only thing that. Because I didn't see anything here that said that that necessarily, like, solidly tied this to voodoo. So did they just say, oh, well, no, she was a, there was a lot of blood. Yeah, no, she was a member of a church. It was called the Church of the Sacrifice. It was a voodoo-based church. And that seems that's like a where, key fact. That's where that they tied it to voodoo. But, again... It was, uh, you know, anything that was unexplained, uh, like uh, murders uh, in Louisiana, was often just uh, uh, credited to voodoo. But well, she did much like here, to, uh, she did practice voodoo, and she uh, in the churches she belonged to, the Church of the Sacrifice, uh, was a voodoo-based uh, church. But the the I I guess like you, Brandy, the thing that kind of has me scratching my head is I can never really figure out why they let her go. I mean, good behavior. Well, I know good behavior, good behavior. but technically, usually uh, a serial killer is not let out of jail for good behavior. But in her she's case, she's a woman. Well, at that point, she's she a, woman. a woman. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, she's a woman, and that's probably why they were like. Oh, well, you know, she's learned her lesson. She's going to be a good girl. And she probably went out and, you know, chopped up about 18 other families that they don't know anything about. Well, I think the just, uh, you know. the implication is that she used some of her voodoo magic to get released. But, right. Um, but again, you know. It's, to kill the other people. Yeah. So. 
Well, or maybe she just was a, you know, maybe maybe she would like the devil, you know. Ten years of her is just enough. It's like, yeah, I don't care what we release upon society. Just get out of here. I don't want to be locked up maybe. with this woman anymore. Brandy, what's yeah. your final thoughts on Clementine Barnabé, the voodoo killer? I, a, I want to know what happened to her dad. Who was sitting there in jail with her? Did they ever let him out, or did they go ahead and kill him? No, he was yeah. drunk. He was drunk during the trial, hmm. as he should be. I don't understand why that's a huge problem, but whatever. Hmm. Um, you know, not cool, not cool at all. Not cool to lie and send your dad to prison. People no, look it's down not, on that, but you know, he probably had it coming. Well, well, who amongst us does not? You shouldn't confess oh, to true. murders while you're in an argument with your wife. Right. That's the lesson. When you get well, in the throes of passion, you got to watch what you say. You got to watch what yeah. you say because because you can you're imprinting. You, you you get women into this vulnerable uh hyperconscious state, Timmy. Mm-hmm. If you, if you if you know, I got a chapter about this in the book is the do you get you take women to a different astral plane, Timmy? I see. And then all of a sudden oh, they Oh my god. And, and and sometimes you know if you do it right they can read your mind. You don't even have to say things out loud. Um but that's for the more advanced. You know the 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 whole thing about how to make love to a woman. To me I think I'm going to turn it into like Scientology. Mm-hmm. You uh can get your certificate for you know your apprentice loveologist. You know apprentice love maker so to speak, devil. And then as you get more evolved and read more of the colonel's teachings, you move higher up in a love-making hierarchy. What do you think about that, devil? So, Colonel, what's your final thoughts on Clementine Barnabé, the voodoo murderer? Well, I think she was just a little misunderstood. And, you know, you don't know what kind of things that could have happened leading up to these things. You know, but I, but I don't believe someone named Clementine could perpetuate such crimes, Timmy. Clementine is a you sweet name. You don't think name. she did it? No. Oh, my darling Clementine. What's the name of an orange? No, she, she was she a darling. Uh, darling. She was Clementine. a darling Clementine. Oh my darling! Oh my darling! Oh my, God. oh my darling, Clementine! Yeah, Lucy can hear you. You're upsetting her. <laughs> you have chopped up people and run away. Oh my darling, Clementine! Can I also tell you that my child dropped, dribbled some blue Kool Aid onto my dog, and now she has this big blue streak on her head. Oh, she's a Smurf dog. Yeah, kinda. Not happy about it. Okay, we would like to uh, thank all of you who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, and really, why wouldn't you, uh, for right. support this uh, fine, uh, this fine uh, entertainment, you can go to uh, Patreon dot com slash History Dweebs, all one word. That's Patreon dot com slash History Dweebs. Where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel, or just a wee little bit, Timmy, just just a tip, so to speak. And we are in the process of updating our Patreon list. I think we 
to thank all of you who support the uh, the program. We very we very very uh, grateful. But this week we're going to give a shout out to four of our newer um, sponsors on Patreon. Yeah. Colonel, you wanna you wanna run through those names? Um, we got the uh, the very funny Mrs. Goss, Rachel Goss, Anna Kaufman, um, possibly the daughter of Andy Kaufman. We don't know that, but she sounds an awful lot like him. Um, Aaron Kukamila, right? Mm-hmm. And Shelby Pelegi. Great. And we, I want to give a shout out to a new member of the History Dweeves uh, group on Facebook. Uh, we'd encourage all of you to join us at uh, History Dweeves, the podcast on, face, on Facebook. And that's Kimberly Jones, uh, one of our newer members. So welcome. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard, Kimberly. All right. right. Well, until next week, Timmy. Uh, Yes. We'll see you all next time on History Dweeze. Bye, everyone. Good day. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.